Welcome to What's Next, Connect Global's podcast channel that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. This is part two of the two-part series on creating a healthy workplace. Tim Venable, Senior Vice President of Cornet Global, interviews best-selling author Lee Stringer, workplace strategist for EYP. What about convincing old-school leaders in the business that worker health and well-being are important for their business? How do we convince uh, people who might be a little skeptical that there really is something here to focus on that will bring business benefits? I like to go back to some research that was done uh, by Ray Fabius and Ron Gutzel, uh, who are well-respected in the field of um, occupational health and, and doing metrics around well-being. And they've been looking at comparing organizations that have won the C. Everett Cooper Award, which is an indication that you really care about health, that you've done some really proactive, innovative steps to impact health outcomes of your people and um, compared the companies that won that award to the S&P 500. And they have done this over the last, looking back over the last 11 years, and they found that the companies that invested in health outperformed the S&P by two or three times. <laughs> so, Wow, that's um, tremendous. It, it, well, number one, this is my best stock tip ever, <laughs> to, to look at those <laughs> companies who might be uh, investing in their health and put your money down. But also that, I, yeah, that there is an impact. And there are lots of studies that show that there's an ROI to every dollar you spend investing in, in your people and the health and performance of your people. You get it six times over, um, you know, one to six ratio. There's uh, tons of studies that talk about, from the real estate perspective, that talk about healthy buildings are um, absorbed in the marketplace faster than non-healthy buildings um, or those that don't have amenities, you know, like bikes and green walls and, and, and things that really show or an indicator that it's a good place to live or a good place to work. So I feel like um, the business case is just coming out of the woodworks. Um, it's kind of exciting, actually, to watch all this happen. Um, and that helps. I think that definitely helps. I find, though, that the thing that really moves the needle and have has old school leaders, I guess. Um, I never like to think of people as old school leaders, but you know, <laughs> people who are skeptics of any age. Um, the thing that really changes their mind is when, unfortunately, either they've suffered a health crisis or someone in their family or a friend has had a heart attack or is you mm. know suffering from cancer. There's some health issue that's staring them in the face and helping them kind of recalibrate what's most important. And yes. these jobs that we're putting ourselves in are very stressful and they cause all kinds of cardiometabolic issues that catch up with us. And so I find, you know, like Aetna, the CEO of Aetna is very open about talking about uh, Mark Bottolini about how he was in a terrible skiing accident and he was trying to heal himself, you know, basically lost the use of one of his arms and he was try you know, in pain constantly and traditional medicine wasn't working for him, ironically working for a health insurance company. And uh, he said he started looking at mindfulness and um, and meditation and yoga and it really changed his life. And so then he 
basically rolled it out to all of his employees and said, you guys need access to this too. And this has led down this incredible road for them where um, they had a third party validate whether these mindfulness and yoga classes were working and improving outcomes in terms of performance, and they were. Um, it's one of the most compelling studies I've seen on mindfulness where it's like, wow, you can see the evidence. These people are producing more and happier and healthier, boom. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's happening. And then now I actually just interviewed the um, chief mindfulness officer of Aetna, and they're rolling it out to all the people that are insured under their policies and say, you know, everyone needs access to uh, these really great mindfulness courses and yoga courses and things like that, and how do we roll it out to all of our customers? Yeah, because that's going to impact our business too. Absolutely, we're going to have fewer claims. Um, it's worth it for all of us to do this. And uh, so I think there's kind of, um, again, you know, from a leadership perspective or somebody who's who's leading others, often it is kind of personal, and it's unfortunate that these scares have to, you know, be the kick charger or kickstarter um, for a change. But um, I think there's enough of it happening that. All of us are getting wind of these interesting things happening, and frankly, the companies that are catching on and figuring it out are getting ahead. So if you're not embracing health and well-being, you're going to be left behind. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Lee, your, your Facebook page has over 100,000 followers. Why is there such an intense interest in this topic? And, and how did you get into this subject as your passion area? Well, there is um, – so when I, I wrote a book called The Green Workplace a couple years ago, and um, all about sustainability, obviously, and um, when I was doing market research for the healthy workplace, it was really interesting. I started looking at um, – health and well-being in the workplace and just health in general, and you kind of just do a search right on Google and say, sustainability, how many hits do you get? You know, health and well-being, how many hits do you get? And it's remarkable how much more interest there is in health and well-being uh, than sustainability. Not to diminish sustainability, but, you know, everybody is interested in their health. It's like millions and millions of hits. Um, there's just a bigger market for um, health and well-being in general. And so uh, I think, you know, it was pretty easy uh, launching um, the uh, Facebook page. I was kind of doing that as I was finishing the book. I thought, oh, I'll just throw out some research that I'm finding and see if people are interested in it. And clearly there was a, a groundswell and continues sure. to be. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think people are really hungry for facts that are vetted and facts that are um, or, you know, research that has the proper disclaimers on it. I mean, we're still learning. We're still figuring out neuroscience and all this stuff. So I think uh, there's a lot of, um, we used to call it greenwashing, I don't know, health washing, <laughs> whatever that is. But right. um, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's difficult. And, um, you know, the diet books or whatever, it's just exhausting. So finding um, sources that, that are useful to folks are good. And so I mean, I'm committed to that and sharing that, not just on the Facebook page, but on my blog and and other places is just to be as transparent as possible about about what's happening. And um, clearly there's an interest, and it's my passion. Uh, it's continued to be my passion since my little a little um, scare with, you know, being exhausted and, and taking a sabbatical. Since then, I just have really embraced, um, you know, working out and trying to be as healthy as I can be and take care of myself first. And I've never been more prolific, more happy. You know, it's it's really seen a pretty dramatic shift. And um, 
I wish that on everybody. So I'm just happy to to share any any tips or insights that really smart people um, I've been lucky to meet have told me and shared with me um, so that we can all benefit. I think that's fantastic. You're proof positive that this works. Um, that's great. Well, it's a work in Back progress, I'll say that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm, I hope I'm on the road. Exactly. Now, back to your, your new book, The Healthy Workplace. What are the basic overall elements of the book, and, and what will people find there? So the book, I should say, when I, when I pitched it the first time around, um, kind of interesting story. So I pitched the book first time around um, to 20 different publishers with my agent and uh, was resoundingly rejected. Um, the book was going to be all about health and well-being and how you could, um, kind of like a self-help book, like you as a worker in your workplace, how you could really change your life, blah, 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 uh, based on all these great stories I was learning from others. And um, they said, nope, you know what, uh, that's not going to work. You're not Cameron Diaz. You're not Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> you do not, apparently, oh, no. you know, these self-help books, you got to have a platform. Um, or oh, well. you know, Julian Michaels, you have to be a health person. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just, you know, this lowly workplace person. But they said, um, you know what, if you could write a book that's a business book that tells managers and leaders, in fact, even my boss, that this is really important, you know, uh, to to make a business case, talk about why it's really important about it line that's important. So uh, the book is filled with all kinds of uh, specific evidence around why health and well-being is important to you. So there's a big section on the health and bottom line. Uh, I talk a little bit about the evolution of work. I think I alluded to it earlier with some of the discussion with the paleoanthropologist. Um, we talk a lot about productivity and flow. And then um, I go into just real specifics, like how to increase energy, increase focus, um, improve sleep habits. Design your workplace that's healthier, and um, and then we talk a little bit about culture, um, which is really where it ends and begins in a lot of organizations and what companies are doing to change it, and what are some companies that really have changed their culture, and what do they look like? Exactly, and that's that's a perfect segue to my my next question, uh, Lee, which is, do you have some examples of companies uh, that have really healthy workplaces? Any you can point to? Well, there are a couple I feature in the book that I just love, and I intentionally picked um, two so I could go into a little more depth, and two from the East Coast, because uh, us East Coasters are maybe not as advanced as the left coasters um, in terms of health and well-being sometimes, not to pick on us, but um, I just know <laughs> a lot of the companies that I work with. Um, it's, you know, it's a hard shift to make. And so I picked a financial services company and a tech company. Uh, the tech company is Next Jump, who a uh, small organization Fairly, um, you know, 300 or so employees, I think I have that right, maybe a few, few less than that, maybe 250. And um, they're in Boston and New York and a few other places. And then the Motley Fool in the D.C. area where I live, um, that is financial services. You've probably heard of that one. And so, yeah, sure. I just immersed myself in both those places and uh, what I was really impressed with, so many pieces. But number one, just the look and feel of the places when you walk in, the fact that both of them have um, either a gym or a place dedicated for working out in the workplace. They have um, chief wellness officers, who people that are officially titled to support the health and well-being of their people. And these are not big companies. I mean, the fact that they have an FTE dedicated to this is pretty, pretty incredible. And 
the fact that they're yes. experimenting and they're testing, Next Jump is always looking at new ways of um, of engaging their employees, and they also are a very open book. I mean, they're like, hey, every tool we learn, we stick online and we share it with the planet <laughs> because, yes, we found this competitive advantage. We're clearly doing really well, and we know it's because what we're doing, um, uh, the investment we're making with our people. But um, I find that, uh, yeah, their, their willingness to share but also test, I think, is really, really important. Um, all kinds of... Uh, there's this one, this one uh, interesting little thing that they do with all their new employees. This is Next Jump, and you um, basically stand uh, this thing called an opto gate, G-A-I-T, and uh, these two bars on the floor, and they kind of measure your step quality. And so you do this march, 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 this kind of stepping exercise, and then you march at half your pace, like step, 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 and then you march at twice your pace. Yes and speed up, and so the idea is they're measuring the quality of your gait, the evenness of your gait, and um, sometimes you can tell a lot, I guess, apparently by the developer of this tool, it's very smart and figured out through lots of algorithms that if your step is uneven it's a, or, or um, if you struggle um, keeping up, that there's probably something um, physically, but perhaps something physically going on. Um, so it's kind of an interesting way of, you know, just making sure everything's okay, um, and they use it as a tool for coaching as well. Like, you know, uh, are you keeping up with the pace of your work, and, um, you know, do you need to slow down? Do you actually need to? Some people actually work better at a slower pace, literally, not just walking, but um, their work style. And um, so it's kind of this proxy for a larger discussion, really interesting. <clears throat> the Motley Fool is uh, a little more maybe um, low-tech, but they are, uh, you know, all kinds of soccer uh, uh, groups that they um, have access to and they encourage everyone to join. And they do planks. They have plank-offs in the middle of the day, and everybody goes out in the hall and holds a plank as long as they can, and maybe wall squits sits against the wall during meetings. And they're just not afraid to try this stuff. And um, I really... I really applaud that experimentation. Um, they are both, both the Motley Fool and um, Charlie Kim with Next Jump and others, and, and the leader of Next Jump, uh, that they would not be doing any of this if it didn't hit their bottom line. They don't do anything sure. for frills. <laughs> they don't do anything because it's a good thing to do. They're obsessing with measure, measuring the impact of all these things. So, um, so there you go. But um, both of them are very open with, you know, when you come to work, and um, Motley Fool has unlimited vacation. Just get your job done. <laughs> That's what we care about. They, they spend a lot of time qualifying their candidates so that they are self-starters and they don't have to babysit them, and they expect them to get the work done, and, and they can go to their kids' soccer game anytime they want. It's not a big deal. Um, so I think you know, maybe there's also a um, – a very careful culling of people to make sure that they fit culturally um, and sure. that they can keep up. And um, so there's a lot more focus uh, on the, the vetting of people. But once you get in, um, you are really, really taken care of. Um, and that, and they've both of them have retention rates out the roof. I mean, I could salivate. <laughs> the, uh, sure. the numbers of people they lose is only because a husband or a wife happened to be moving. You know, it's just pretty incredible. So, um, you know, and then the employee has wow. to go with them or something. But um, so, yeah, they're, that, um, they're great that, examples. That speaks volumes. Fantastic. Okay, just a couple of uh, additional questions as we uh, finish up our, our interview here. Uh, the first one is, 
what can a typical professional do to make their workplace healthier regardless of the physical environment? Well, um, if you can't change your physical environment, um, although often you can just in little ways, even if you can't, you know, put in a lactation room or a nap room or something, um, chances are you can probably um, uh, install some things on your phone, for example. Uh, there are all kinds of wonderful mindfulness apps. Um, and there are also apps that will, uh, some really good ones that have been shown to improve your sleep at night um, or your focus during the day. Uh -huh. There's one called Brain FM, brain.fm, that I love. Works like a charm uh, if anyone's interested. And then um, I really love Budify, which is uh, an app that shows it's got all these different meditations. And depending on what you're doing, they're anywhere from like three minutes to 11 minutes you can choose. And if you're walking, if you're sitting, if you're stressed out, if you're, uh, you know, trying to go to sleep, any any of those things, you can kind of click on them, which is really fun. So that, you can sneak on your phone um, and certainly have that available to you. Pop in those earbuds and take a breather. Um, other things are just changing the way that you work, uh, standing up on a regular basis every 30 to 60 minutes. Um, moving uh, on a regular basis every 90 minutes, 60 minutes, if you can swing it. I'll try and do things like um, I, I'm a firm believer in, in using my cell phone uh, when I can, so I'll take conference calls, walking and talking through the office, or just taking a walk outside. Um, one of the huge things that is a, a real benefit, this is one of my best tips, <laughs> is to get outside early in the morning to improve your sleep at night. So if you're taking a conference uh, call, if you're, you know, just getting to work or whatever and uh, just want to clear your brain a little bit, spend um, as much time as you can sneak outside, um, particularly if the weather's good, but anytime, uh, because the light waves in, from the sun are the best way to set your sleep cycle. And what it does is certain light waves hit the back of your eye. Um, it's called the SCN, special nerve in the back of your eye, which shuts down the production of melatonin and allows your body to start producing it for the night uh, later. There's a lot of investment in workplace now in circadian lighting systems, which are artificial lighting. But nothing, I mean, it's going to be a long time before our artificial lighting actually beats the sun. So get outside. Sure. Um, take your coffee out there in the morning. If it doesn't work to do it in the office, that's cool. Um, but it really, really helps. So little things like that um, are, um, are great tips for improving your health. I like that tip. I'm going to follow it myself. <laughs> so that's <laughs> very, very interesting. And now for my last question, where would we find you when you're not at the office? Well, you might find me on my new bike. <laughs> I just bought a bike. I'm so excited. Never, I hadn't had one since I was in elementary school, so it's really fun to uh, bike around. And um, I have started a new love of rock climbing, which sounds a little crazy. I only do it indoors, <laughs> but I'm okay. not even enough to do it on an actual rock. But um, but it's a really good mind-body kinds of stuff, um, and I, I love running too. So being outside as much as I can, it really really makes me feel good. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, again, it's been great talking with you today, Lee, and thanks again very much for sharing your insights with us. My pleasure, Tim. Excellent. This has been What's Next, bringing you the future of corporate real estate. Thank you for listening. This concludes the second part of the Cornet Global podcast on creating a healthy workplace. 
Want to record a What's Next podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.